Oh my goodness, it worked this week. <laughs> oh, hey folks, welcome to the Public Record, I'm Joe Public. It's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's the Public Record. So, I actually have a theme this week. Haven't had a theme in a while. Actually, I think it's been like a month. I've just been winging it. So I've actually got a theme. And it was sort of... I was sort of inspired by um, Phil Spector's passing and making me think about, you know, the whole idea of horrible people who made great art. Um, And even just horrible people who made good art. Um, And then, you know, the news comes out... uh, within the last couple of days about Marilyn Manson. Um, I, I will say Marilyn Manson being horrible to women, horrible to other human beings, doesn't really surprise me at all. Um, Brian, as, as Brian Warner is not known for being a good dude. Um, he's a smart guy. Um, he often says very clever things, but uh, he is mostly um, just unexpectedly awful he's awful to guys people who've played in his bands he's been terrible to um the women he's been involved with he's been kind of vicious and nasty to fans so not really surprising but you know it started me thinking there's all kinds of people out there who make art there's all kinds of people who make music and um a pretty significant number of them are just dreadful human beings and as i started pulling on that string, you know, on that thread, I just started seeing more and more and going, oh, this is a whole show. This is a show. So it's a show. So there you go. So I'm going to start off with somebody who's a little off the beaten path for what I would normally play, although I'm known to be random, so normally play. Hmm. Um, But this guy was not a good dude, but he made some great music. And I have some stuff to talk, but here, here we go. Music. Oh, would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar And be better off than you are Or would you rather be a mule? A mule is an animal with long, funny ears Kicks up at anything he hears his back is brawny and his brain is weak He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak And by the way, if you hate to go to school You may grow up to be a mule Or would you like to swing on a star Carry moonbeams home in a jar And be better off than you are Or would you rather be a pig A pig is an animal with dirt on his face His shoes are a terrible disgrace He has no manners when he eats his food He's fat and lazy and extremely rude But if you don't care a feather or a fig You may grow up to be a pig Or would you like to swing on a star Carry moonbeams home in a jar Or would you rather be a fish? 
A fish won't do anything but swim in a brook. He can't write his name or read a book. To fool the people is his only thought. Ha! And though he's slippery, he still gets caught. But then if that sort of life is what you wish, you might grow up to be a fish. Kind of jumped up slippery fish And all the monkeys aren't in the zoo Every day you meet quite a few So you see it's all up to you You can be better than you are You could be swinging on a star
was a teenage wedding and the old folks wished him well You could see that Pierre did truly love the mademoiselle And now the young monsieur and madame have rung the chapel bell C'est la vie, c'est the old folks, it goes to show you never can tell They furnished off an apartment with a two-room robot sale found work, the little money coming worked out well. C'est la vie, c'est the old folks, the culture show you never can tell. They had a high-five phone, oh boy, did they let it blast. Seven hundred little records, all rock, rhythm, and jazz. But when the sun went down, the rapid tempo of the music fell. Chuck Berry with You Never Can Tell. Before that, the Ikeettes, I'm Blue, the Gong Gong Song, Ronettes, You Came, You Saw, You Conquered, and Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby. Yes, that's right, folks. Streaming radio played Bing Crosby, Swing on a Star. So, catalog of, of contemptible human beings. Yeah, kind of right there. Um, Chuck Berry, um, where do we start? Um, man like to film women in his restaurant toilet okay dude also went around like throughout most of his adult life uh pissing and moaning about the fact that every rock band in the world wasn't paying him royalties because he genuinely believed he invented rock and roll just just the the ego just the massive ego there is just enough but likes to watch videos of Surveillance videos of women on the toilet. That's, yeah. Good guy. Um, the Icats. Well, you know, Ike Turner. What can we say about Ike Turner that cannot, hasn't already be said? Um, I'm not in the total, like, beat up on Ike Turner Club, um, in the way a lot of people are, um, because it, it does appear that Tina exaggerated 
some of the things that happened and um, is in fact herself a pretty horrible person who was prone to physical violence. So yeah, they're just both awful, maybe. Um, but yeah, he was he was awful. He was so awful. Like early in his career, everybody recognized the guy was, he was gifted. He was a gifted musician. He could play pretty much any instrument he picked up. Um, he was a good songwriter. He, you know, he's a good arranger. He understood how to work in a studio, but, but he just, he made people angry. People didn't like him. And so he put out records, the records went nowhere. And somebody suggested, Hey, I don't know that it's that the people don't like the records. I think they don't like you. So we put out uh rocket 88 under the name, Jackie Brenson and his Delta Cats. Jackie Brenson was the sax player and sometimes vocalist in Ike Turner's band. And and he puts that record out, and it's a hit, huge hit. So basically, there you go. Yep. They love your music, man, they hate you. You put your name on it, nobody's going to buy it. Um, and then the Ronettes, um, Phil Spector's pet, one of his pet groups. And that's what I think. You Came, You Saw, You Conquered, one of the greatest recordings he ever did one of the best songs he ever put together um but he was you know he was horrible (laughs) just on so many levels and Bing Crosby beat his kids um but you know so here's the funny thing about this whole thing it's like everybody I was thinking about this like everybody is complex everybody's multifaceted nobody is perfect right nobody's 100% evil like Darth Vader wasn't even 100% evil we found out right as kids like that's an important lesson cuz the thing is so for example Bing Crosby story goes Bing Crosby was driving Les Paul home after a recording session Les Paul had played on on the Bing Crosby session and on the way home Les is just ranting about the poor quality of the recording the idiot engineers, the crap equipment, how bad it sounded. And he said, if I only had the, if I only had the money, I could build a studio. I could put together equipment that would blow this out of the water and would change everything. And Ben Crosby said, well, how much do you need? And that's modern recording basically flows out of Ben Crosby opening up his checkbook. Cause he had, you know, he was the biggest pop star in the world at that point. Um, opens his checkbook up and says, here you go, Les, build the studio. Let's make some records. <sighs> you know, it's, it's not just about, they made great music that, you know, the, to balance out that, that awfulness it's, they, they genuinely did some good stuff. Um, that's not true of all of these folks that I'm going to play tonight. Um, but it's true of a lot of them. And, and it's, I think it's worth remembering that, you know, nobody is a hundred percent one thing or another. There's, there's this, you know, you know, not to fall prey into this whole thing about cancel culture. You know, you, you've on, on all over the place, people are upset about the idea that you could say one thing and your whole career is over. You could, you could do one thing and you're just, you're just put out in that. You've, you're sent to the cornfield, right? Um, I don't agree with that. I think people can be redeemed. I think people can make up for the things they did wrong. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's so hard for me personally. It's, it's a struggle for me because like, I'm going to play a song. The next song I'm going to play, I love this song. The guy who made it, I hate that guy. I mean, I just, don't just dislike him. I hate him. I want somebody to drop a safe on him. That's, that's, you know, that's kind of the level I feel. So there we go.
I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. Thanks for tuning in. You're going to get some great records from some bad, bad people. Here's a bad dude. That's a great record.
That's the Michael Schenker group, Desert Song. And is that is my favorite Michael Schenker song. It's funny. It's like there's so many great songs f- with him with UFO. There's great stuff with him playing with Scorpions. And and most pipe excuse me, most folks really, really like um other stuff by different iterations of Michael Schenker group. Um but that's my favorite. And he is the, one of the greatest guitar players ever, period. Um, my, my friend Barney um, told me a story about he was, um, he, he'd met this group of um, German folks that were about his age. And this is when he would have been in his like mid, late 20s. And um, he said something to them about Michael Schenker. And they said, who? And he was dumbfounded. He went, He's your country's Eddie Van Halen, and you don't know who he is. I mean, the guy like toiled in obscurity, except for like guitar nerds and and music nerds. Um, but part of that has to do with the fact that he is a complete shithead. Um, he's he's not just an idiot. He is a drunk. He's unable to behave responsibly. He makes very poor choices about who he trusts. And he lashes out viciously and childishly to anybody who he considers to have crossed him, including his own brother, which is just unbelievable. Just just amazing. I mean, apparently Rudolph Schenker Scorpions is, n- is not a like swell dude or anything, but on multiple occasions was willing to help Michael out of a bind and Michael wouldn't ask. Um, and now they have like some like dumb, stupid sibling fight. I can totally get it. I mean, I've got one of my own, um, and I, you know, I can't justify it or I can depending on your perspective, but, um, just, just Schenker's history for the, for years, I thought he was a victim. And then I realized, wait a minute, all of the people in his life cannot be horrible people, and he's the good guy. Like, if everything turns out terrible, there's one constant in that equation, and it's Michael, right? So, yeah. Huh. And, I, and I went to see him, I actually went to see him when he was, like, one of his uh, iterations of trying to crawl back into the limelight or at least make some money. I went to see him, and he's an amazing guitar player. He's so good. He's so good and so effortlessly good. It just like it's mind shattering. You you can't believe it. And and I so I think my friend Barney's uh, comparison, calling him the German Eddie Van Halen, is dead on. It it's dead on because he's he's that good. Um, and and he's made some amazing records. And he understands how to make great music and how to put on a great show. Even like in the crap whole nightclub that I saw him in. Um, yeah, there, there we go. Um, before that, another amazing guitar player who knows how to write incredible songs, who everyone who's ever worked with him wants to punch in the nuts. And that's, uh, Richie Blackmore with rainbow. That was jealous lover. Um, again, uh, it's not really likely that everyone around you is an asshole. It's probably that you're the asshole who has a problem with everybody. Um, um, 
Yeah, I, I remember when Deep Purple, when it was announced Deep Purple was going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so good. Because I thought there was like going to be a bar brawl on the stage. But then, you know, Blackmore just went, meh, don't care. He didn't show up. Um, and the and the and the greatest like I was in a band with you and you made me famous, but I'm still gonna take a cheap shot at you line I've ever heard was Ian Gillian, um, the you know best singer in Deep Purple, who uh, when when he was asked um, you know how things were going in Deep Purple, he said, and this was shortly after Richie Blackmore's final exit from the band. And he said, well, now that we got rid of that awful old banjo player, we're doing all right. Um, that cracked me up. Probably meaningless to anybody who hasn't listened to a lot of Deep Purple and Rainbow records, but if you have, you know what I mean. Uh, before that, Kiss with She. I struggled actually to find a song sung by Gene Simmons uh, that wasn't terrible. I mean, there's there's some okay ones, but mostly they're like they're cheesy garbage. Um, like Gene's got half the vocals in Rock and Roll All Night, but he's only got half the vocals in that. Um, so I picked She. It's a it's a song I really like off Dress to Kill that I you know one of my probably my favorite Kiss record, and um, <laughs> I don't know what to say about Gene Simmons? Um, greedy. Um, misogynist um but honestly the thing that i can't forgive him for is he went on uh, fresh air being interviewed by terry gross who is in fact a national treasurer sorry folks if you don't like terry gross i mean she's just the best interviewer ever uh radio interviewer ever and 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 her voice and everything she's just she's just cool and yeah she's kind of a school marm and you know that's fine but that's npr right so gene simmons goes on npr and he was a dick oh my god he was horrible to her i can't believe that she didn't just end the interview honestly just uh yeah so i've never forgiven him for that he was mean to a nice lady so that's that's my qualification that's there's my gene simmons hate right there that and you know just being the greedy piece of shit um and just he's gross he's really gross you know how gross he is he's so gross every time i see him i think he looks like as he gets older he looks more and more like ron jeremy that's how gross he is um and then to start that set off the king of the rock and roll shitheads who, who has made some amazing records, um, Ted Nugent, Stranglehold. And I love that song. Like, I just, just, no apologies, love that song. It's, it, it's killer. Um, when my 70s tribute band was looking for songs to play, like, top of my list was Stranglehold. And uh, my buddy Rob, a singer, knew, like, I didn't love the Nuge. Right, it kind of looks at me funny. I'm like, it's a killer song. If we pull it off, it's going to be great. Um, and uh, and it was, and it killed every time we played it. So, you know, great song, terrible human, just a just a garbage human. Um, uh. <laughs> and he's always been that way. You know, it's sort of it's one of those things. It's not like it's not like he got old and got cranky. He's just always been awful. So, so there you go. Ted Awful Nugent. 
I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. I'm doing great songs by bad folks tonight. Um, I've got some, I've got some more to come. So this next thing, um, for the longest time, this guy was my number one rock and roll villain. Like in, if I had a rock and roll villain hall of fame, this guy was going to be like in the foyer, like as you walk in, cause no one could compare to him for how horribly he treated vulnerable people and took advantage of them. Um, he was for his, for his era. Um, he was like, uh, he's like Phil Spector and Robert Stigwood and, um, yeah, he's like Thomas Edison. He just like stole from people, you know, it's like, it's one thing stole from them and then treated them badly and then denied doing it. Right. Just like, what? No, I did nothing of the sort. Um, and and he created he do, he wasn't a musician in his own right but he created groups and then he decided in the in the um late 80s well I'll do it myself I'll exploit myself and he made this record which is phenomenal so here you go a long fade in of course Nagasaki, I got married to Jim Joe Sand. That was a name in those days. When I was a man, I'd gone back and visit her. And she got a problem. She got a little Chocho. Chocho Sam was her name. And Mr. Taylor Wolf. Take it away, Chocho.
Hey, and that's Morrissey with You're Gonna Need Someone on Your Side. Um, I love that song. I love that whole album. Uh, it was produced by uh, Mick Ronson, and it, it it is, I think, the perfect realization of what Morrissey was always trying to do with the Smiths and always trying to do with his solo records. And that song, to me, is like the perfect, perfect execution of that. Um, so I love it. And I actually, one of the, my favorite things ever was seeing him perform with his band on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno doing that song. And he killed because he's a great performer. I saw the Smiths twice. I uh, saw Morrissey do his solo thing once. He's a fantastic frontman. He's a great performer. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, so he's notoriously like bizarrely vegan. And I say bizarrely vegan because he literally puts in his tour rider that you, that if he smells meat, he will not perform. And I've known promoters who've worked with him and I've known people have worked at venues that he was supposed to play at. And it is a transparent attempt to avoid playing because his contract says he gets paid whether he performs or not. And it's, it's one of the reasons you don't see Morrissey touring very much is because basically the promoters of the world have just have gotten wise to his BS and, um, they're no longer interested in indulging it. Um, so there's that aspect to his horribleness. Um, there is also he the fact that he's notoriously just terrible to his fans. Um, he is apparently a gigantic racist, um, and which is ironic and weird because the most popular place, the the, the most popular he is with any segment of the population in the world is with Latinos in the Los Angeles County and San Diego County areas. Like there's, you can go on, go on YouTube, type Latino Morrissey or Latina Morrissey. Um, there are mariachi bands that like do like tribute concerts to Morrissey. Um, there are bars in the barrio in East LA that like their jukebox is full of Smiths and Morrissey records. It's nuts. It's insane. If you don't know about this, you can like duck it or Google it or whatever. It will blow your damn mind. And he hates them. He genuinely hates them because they're brown. So yeah horrible guy great song um and there's other great songs i mean like how soon is now um some girls are bigger than others queen is dead i mean just goes on and on and on and on the guy wrote has written amazing music um and and the argument was oh you know johnny marr was the real talent in the band um name one song you care about that johnny marr did after he left the smiths I dare you. If you say a song by Electronic, I will punch you because that's a terrible record. <laughs> Just so stop. Um, but yeah, Morrissey was the talent. He was the talent. He was the he was the visionary and the talent and the, and the, and and created that sound. 
and he's just a bag of shit. So there you go. Um, for that, Peter Murphy with the light pours out of me. Um, that's a, one of my favorite. I I love the original version of that song by Magazine. But the problem with Magazine, and I love a lot of songs by Magazine, but the problem with Magazine is Howard DeVoto, the singer, can't actually sing. Um, and so it's sort of one of these things where it's like um, it's like Jimi Hendrix doing Along the Watchtower or the Birds doing Mr. Tambourine Man. You know, Bob Dylan can't sing, right? So somebody who can sing takes a Bob Dylan song and does it. And, and also Bob Dylan doesn't care about musical arrangements. He tends to just like throw like it's it's just a wall of noise um or it's weird um but bob dylan can write songs but you give that to a talented arranger and a good singer and you suddenly you have this incredible magic and that's sort of like peter murphy taking the magazine song "Life pours out of me and doing that production on it it just is to me remember the first time i heard it i was like oh my god i I thought I was going to hate this and I loved it. Um, and he did another great cover. He did the final solution, which is a Periubu song. Um, and his cover of that is amazing as well. He's a garbage person. Uh, another guy who has just shafted promoters all over the place, like just like books. He famously, so he had a run of four shows. He was going to do, a night of his solo albums, like four different album every night. And he was touring that around the world and he had booked it in San Francisco and he just bailed on the whole thing, just completely bailed on it. And, uh, the word was that he was just, he, he had started the tour sober and then became not that and basically couldn't keep going. He was so, and his bandmates um, in Bauhaus, um, I've, I've talked to a couple of them. I'm, you know, I was a big Love and Rockets fan, and I met them, and I talked to them, and I was, I, you, when you can't get somebody to say anything about the singer in the band that made them famous, like they won't talk about him, you know, there's a problem, and that was the case with the Love and Rockets guys related to Peter Murphy, just. They smiled and changed the subject. Um, so there you go. For that, Public Image Limited, that's like a basket of deplorables right there. So I love John Lydon. Um, there's a part of me that just thinks he got a raw deal as a kid and it and just never, because he got rich and famous, he never really had to deal with it. He never had to get any better about it. He has his moments where he can be so unbelievable articulate and compassionate and and fantastic but he's also utterly unconcerned with the world he just he genuinely i think doesn't other than how it affects him personally doesn't care if everything is on fire um and his his trumpiness in the last couple of years was just unbearable and I, i had a conversation with a couple of people about you know, uh, I think that his his wife has dementia, and he's her sole caregiver, and I think that that's worn on him a lot. Um, he's always been a drinker, and I think that he's gone completely into the bottom of the bottle because um, he did this thing for um, I think it was ITV was this um, tour of London, 
and he rode around on the top of a double-decker bus, a camera crew, and it was pretty obvious the only thing he was interested in was the paycheck they were going to give him and the giant crate of beer that they had brought. And and he just was trashing everything about London and Britain and the UK, just trashing it and making an ass out of himself and, and, and verging on pretty extreme bigotry. And he's danced around that probably his whole adult life. And so that's it's problematic for me. I adore his music. Um, his, his autobiographies, both of them, are incredible reading. Um, and he's given certain interviews that just make me love him. Um, but then I think, yeah, God, he, he really is awful. And so dovetail that into the first track I played in that set was Malcolm McLaren's Madden Butterfly. Well, Malcolm McLaren basically killed Sid Vicious. He, uh, exploited every band that he was ever involved with, um, from the New York Dolls to the Sex Pistols to, um, Adam and the Ants, Bow Wow Wow. He, 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 Malcolm, Malcolm McLaren was a guy who was interested in Malcolm McLaren and he was interested in destroying things um, to see if he could make something interesting by destroying everything. And so what I always thought was interesting about him and, and John Lydon's relationship is that they're so crazy similar. I mean, even looks wise, they looked similar. Their mannerisms were similar. And I almost, almost wondered what, if they, if Malcolm didn't drag John Lydon into the Sex Pistols because he couldn't do it. He didn't have the courage. He didn't have the uh, the the initiative to be that front man. Um, and so he found somebody who reminded him of himself. And, and then there's just conflict that blows up around that. I don't know. But Malcolm was terrible. Terrible person. That's a great record, though. Just that whole... That record and and the um, uh, the one that preceded it were just amazing. And it's, it's like I don't I don't know how much of his own creativity went into it, but I suspect a lot because there's stuff about those records that remind me of Bow Wow Wow and Adam and the Ants and even the Sex Pistols. So I I tend to think he had a lot to do with how things turned out on all of those fronts. There we go. Well, <laughs> that was a lot of words. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. I'm playing great songs by bad folks. Um, you know, bad folks sometimes make really great party records um, and make you want to get up and dance, and this one definitely follows that theme. <laughs>
That's Pete Townsend. Give blood. I love that song so much. In fact, that that whole album is one of my favorites, and it's it's like super underrated. Um, it it of of all of Pete Townsend's solo records, it's the one that holds up. Like the whole thing holds up the best. Like Empty Glass has got its moments. All the best cowboys have Chinese eyes. It's got its moments. Although the like there's like weird cloying. Oh, I'm sad. I'm middle-aged stuff in there. But, um, yeah, White City is just strong beginning to end and, and subtle. And, and the musicianship of the band that he pulled together in the arrangements is really killer. And he's a piece of crap. Um, so famously Pete Townsend was like arrested for having child pornography on his computers. Um, and he claimed he was doing research for a book that he was writing, an autobiography. And he said it was because he was molested as a child. And so he was trying to find information and all these people ran to his rescue and, and sort of famously the British courts couldn't convict him. But, um, yeah, (laughs) sorry, bud. Um, it, it just, the whole thing just was terribly fishy and and as i was i was typing in the chat i like struggled for years like oh okay roger daltrey's coming to his defense he must be okay and then i realized well wait a minute daltrey is a serial abuser of women not like abuser but like user like a like a um uh sexual predator basically like daltrey has spoken very candidly about the fact that for him, the whole reason to be in the who was to go on tour and just like lay all the pipe. Um, and, and really not in terms of like, you know, oh, that's just guys having fun kind of thing. It was very much a, like it, his descriptions of it come across as very much about being about dominating other people, about being their master and being in control. And, and it's, and so there it's creepy. And so I started to think, Oh, okay. Daltrey came to Townsend's defense because he hates the guy. They're like, they've, they've hated each other for decades. And part of the reason is because Townsend always made Daltrey feel like he was not as good. Right. Townsend's more educated. He's, uh, more cultured. He's more creative, all of those things. And, and Daltrey's job was go out and sing monkey boy. Um, and I, I, I just strongly feel this was really like Daltrey coming to his buddy's defense was really about, Oh, now you're at my level. Now you're at my level. Now we're equals. I don't have to feel intimidated by you because you're just as horrible as I am. So there's that. And it's so it's such a struggle for me because like Pete Townsend was was the musical hero for me as a kid. Um, like somewhere somewhere out in the wastelands of VHS tapes, there's video of me in my first like real band um, doing a cover of Behind Blue Eyes um, at the theater at my high school like an afternoon we did this afternoon charity concert thing and I am embarrassingly Townsending all over that stage like windmilling my guitar and doing the leg kick jumps and all this I mean it's just 
it it's horrible. <laughs> I, I I have it permanently implant imprinted on my memory and and it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to think that all I wanted to do was actually go out there and play act to be Pete Townsend. Um and I had my hair cut like him and it was like uh ugh, ugh. Uh but it's rough, you know, it's rough. It's like I do love the music. I love most of the Who's catalog. I love his solo records. Um you know, it's he was a great artist. He is a great artist. He's capable of great art. Um, not so capable of being a decent human being. Uh, before that, Simple Minds. Okay, so another uh, long story, not long, another long Joe Public story. So another band that I idolized um, in high school was Simple Minds. And I got to college and... Um, I went to work at the radio station. I became an assistant music director. I got to be really good friends with our music director. And we would talk about music. And at one point it came out, I was this big Simple Minds fan. He goes, have you ever seen him? I said, no, I've never been able to to catch him live. And he went, don't. I said, why? And he's like, you will stop liking them. And I went, what? You're crazy. That can't be true. It literally went that way. I finally saw them and they were terrible and they were terrible in precisely the way he described to me of just self-indulgent rambling. This song isn't going anywhere. We're just boogieing. Like, okay. They played like for hmm, an hour and 15 minutes, maybe like their set was like an hour and 15 minutes. I think they played four songs and like everything was like the, the, prog rock remix of the song I knew from the record. It was terrible because they, they, just, they just don't go anywhere. And just like, you know, uh, uh, that's fu- it's fine if the song kind of just goes into a groove and it's like four and a half minutes long. But if it's 20 minutes long, it's like, dude, die. Just freaking die. But that's not why I put Simple Minds on here. Um, Simple Minds is on here because Jim Kerr is a their singer is a terrible, terrible human being. He actually tried to, he, he was briefly married to Chrissy Hind from the pretenders and tried to steal her children from her. Um, including a child that wasn't his. Um, and what was the justification? The fact that she was trying to get him to stop drinking. Um, it, it just this was nuts. Absolutely nuts. Um, and and also, so they had their big hit with um, "Don't You Forget About Me," and he couldn't go anywhere near a microphone for like six months without trashing that song. Like, dude, you're famous because of this song. I know you didn't write it, and you're butt hurt about that. But you know, maybe just maybe have some humility and like go, go along with the, for the ride, let your fans like what they like, you know? Anyway. Yeah. It was kind of interesting that like after that, like there's no simple minds. Like I think there's still a band maybe, I don't know, maybe. And okay. We get to the good stuff. Uh, Michael Jackson, don't stop till you get enough. <sighs> You've seen the documentary. I don't have to talk about why Michael was a bad dude. I'm just, I'm going to 
just put him in the same bucket with he's like the Pete Townsend if Pete Townsend acted had a like a theme park for his weirdness um and wrongness uh and Rick James give it to me baby and Rick James like imprisoned a woman and tortured her um and people go oh he was on cocaine I'm like yeah you know mostly narcotics don't make you behave different from how you would behave what they do is they unleash the person you've always been so yeah I think Rick James was kind of always a person who was gonna tie someone to a chair and torture them (sighs) groovy song (laughs) though I'm cracking myself up. I'm Joe Public. You're listening to The Public Record. I haven't got much time here. It's kind of funny, and I've got a list. It's not miles long, but I've got a list, and I'm not going to get to a lot of them. I'm going to talk about the people I'm not going to get to, right? That's there. There's a good, there's a good path, right? Um, I'm not going to get to Courtney Love. I do like the song Celebrity Skin. Be fun to play that. Maybe I'll play that some other time. But nah, she's... I mean, it's Courtney Love, right? Um, I'm not going to play Guns N' Roses. Axl Rose is a piece of crap. Paradise City is a great song. That's what I had kind of queued up. Um, I'm not going to play Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Um, I had Carry On pulled up. I will say this, though. like In the annals of horrible rock stardom... David Crosby may actually be real close to the peak, right? The guy is just relentlessly awful to everyone. Um, um, Buffalo Springfield kicked him out of the band because they got tired of listening to him talk. On some level, I can relate to that, like I have been that guy, but I've never been kicked out of a band, to my knowledge, because people were tired of listening to me talk so there's that um uh i'm not gonna play eric clapton you know weirdly racist guy who's devoted to the blues um also is epically horrible at taking care of his children um and i'm not gonna play marilyn manson um because and here's why I like, I queued up one of the songs and I went, you know what? This isn't that great of a song. If I never heard it again, it'd be fine. So, you know, that's one of those things of like, in the, the like the cancel culture, quote unquote, cancel culture, go ahead and cancel him. Do we miss anything? Not much, not much like good songs. Yeah. Great. No. If they went away completely is, is our life impoverished? No. It's not. So there we go. However, what I am going to play, I've got queued right up. I got to talk in advance of this. So this is about one specific member of the band, the guitar player, who was a Nazi, just flat out a Nazi, and was abusive and horrible to his bandmates, uh, controlling. And not that good of a guitar player because there's so many stories about producers like he would lay down his track, he would leave the studio and they'd bring somebody else in to play his shit. So there we go. And that's my intro to this. One, two, three, four. (laughs) 
That's Jimmy Page and the Black Crows with Out on the Tiles. Led Zeppelin song, of course. And I want to come up, come back on mic, to back announce these two songs, and then give you the prelude to the next one, and then I'm out. Um, so Jimmy Page, why is he on this list? Well, he rather famously kept a teenage girl as his sex prisoner for about four years. Um, and that's just gross. Um, and he's never really addressed it. Like he's never said he was sorry. He's never really talked about it at all. And it's known it's, it's like one of these factually known things and everybody just looks the other way. Um, because why? Because the catalog of music the man produced is epic and amazing and incredible. And we just don't want to believe it. Right. We don't want to, we want to not know. Um, same with Johnny Ramone. So that song before that Rockaway beach, um, by the Ramones, Johnny Ramone was not interested in sharing the planet with people who weren't white. He was not interested in sharing the planet with people who were Jewish. Um, he genuinely thought that Hitler had the right idea. Um, and, um, and he was a Yankees fan. So, you know, just, uh, and also, so there's the whole story of, of Joey. Joey Ramone was genuinely mentally ill and, he had severe OCD and, and, um, the rituals that they used to have to go through in order to go on tour or to leave, to go to the recording studio so that Joey could be comfortable were extensive and they were really painful for him. And Johnny didn't give a shit. Um, and I, I can remember like seeing the Ramones multiple times, just like being amazed at, how they eat, how each member of the band just like occupied their space on the stage. And, and I came to see this later as I, as I knew the whole story as they just hated each other. They didn't want to be near each other. And, and they basically only ever reached the point, um, an, an economic point where they could do that at the end of the, the band because for most of the band they toured in a van and that just must have been torture for joey because joey was like this kind-hearted sensitive uh very fragile person stuck in a van with Dee Dee, who's a junkie and a, a mess and dangerous and johnny who hated everyone um it just must have been terrible and and i i can't imagine it so there you go. That's why I put the, the Ramones on this list. Not the Ramones, but but Johnny Ramone specifically. Um, and actually a friend of mine met him and inter- interviewed him and was astonished by how nice he was. But while he was interviewing him in his house in New York, he was appalled by the stuff, the swastikas and the Nazi regalia and everything that was just displayed all over the house. Um, like he, he actually said to me, I, I didn't want to look too close at the lampshades. Um, so there you go. That's, that's it. That's kind of the gist of the whole deal. And I got one more song and I want to go out with this one because, um, I really dug this band for a long time. Um, 
uh, my, my friend Rob and I made a record, um, last year, late last year, we put out late last year. That's got a song on it. That's a tribute to these guys because we both love them. Absolutely loved their music. And, and I felt like we nailed it. Um, but Vince Neil murdered people. He, he killed people. I mean, he murdered a guy, Razzle, drummer from Hanoi Rocks, with his negligence, and he crippled two other people. And uh, his punishment was he got to go on V8 on uh, MTV and do um, a public service announcement about how you need to be more responsible when you drink. Um, the guy's never he's never paid the price for what he did. And so he's kind of top of my pyramid of horrible. Um, but I really dig this song. So this is what I'm going out on. I'm Joe Public. I will see you next week. I promise not to bum you out next week. Uh, I try not to bum you out. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, see you next time. <laughs>